fellow parents and others in the Mercersburg community. I'm Jamie Vulock, and I'm graduating here class of 2024, and I'm the Mercersburg Communications intern for the winter season. I'm here with Mr. Conklin and Ms. Schaefer-Post for a talk about the college process, how it affects students, and how you as parents can help. Mr. Conklin, would you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, uh, my name is Mr. Conklin. I am in my 12th year at Mercersburg Academy, my eighth year in the Office of College Counseling, and my fourth year uh, as the director of that office. Um, and our goal as an office is really just to guide students through the college search and application process, hopefully introducing them to a range of best fit college options um, and uh, helping them to kind of identify and affirm those preferences and find uh, a, a really strong fit for them uh, for the next four years of their educational journey. Ms. Shaper Post. Hi, so I'm Amy Schaefer Post. I'm a licensed clinical social worker um, and I am our social emotional learning counselor here at Mercersburg. So I support students when their um, social emotional well-being is inhibiting their ability to get what they need to out of the education that we are offering them. Uh, certainly, we see plenty of seniors coming through our office in the fall stressed with applications um, and that whole process. So I was really excited for the opportunity to talk with you about this today. Okay, so as we come up in early January, it is almost time when the regular decision applications are due and early decision and some early admission decisions have already been received. There are a lot of things to discuss with the students and how it affects their feelings. Mr. Conklin, as the admission decisions are released, what are the various admission decisions that students can receive? Yeah, uh, there's a variety of decisions that, that students will receive at this point in the process, the most common of which are an acceptance or a denial. Uh, and if the student's application is accepted and the student has received adequate financial aid, uh, we're able to support them in, in celebrating that good news. Um, and that's certainly the case for, for many of our students. If a student's application is denied, of course, our goal is then to support them uh, through that process of kind of interpreting that decision, uh, reflecting upon their experience, uh, and determining what the next steps in their process are. Fortunately, either of those two decisions offers a sense of closure that the alternative, which is a deferral to regular decision, does not. Uh, and a deferral has become far more common over the course of the last three or four years. Uh, well, it's difficult to process it as such. A deferral is a vote of confidence from the college or university. If the student wasn't qualified for admission or the college didn't believe that the student had the ability to be a very successful undergraduate, um, that student would not have been deferred to regular decision. They likely would have been denied. So it is a vote of confidence uh, and is simply a reflection of the school's need to review that application in the context of the larger applicant pool in order to be sure that they're, they're meeting their institutional priorities. And Ms. Shaper Post, these decisions come with a lot of stress and anxiety for the students and their parents. What advice would you offer students who are struggling with this stress and anxiety this time of year? I think to live in the moment is a great place to start. So once your application is completed and you've sent it off, it's out of your control. So try really hard to focus on what you can do on a day-to-day. -day. Find those little moments of joy. Make sure you're taking time to find joy and acknowledge it for what it is. Even if it's something as simple as going for a walk on our campus and noticing 
um, you know, the birds chirping or the squirrels playing or whatever it might be. I think that's a great place to start. Remembering that life doesn't have to be linear. It very rarely is. So although you might have something in mind that this is where what I'm going to do and I'm going to go A, B, and C, sometimes you go A, C, and then B, and it, it will work out in the end. And could you tell us more about how students approached this problem and suggest some coping methods to students who are struggling with decisions? Um, absolutely. I think their first thing is, you know, if it's an acceptance, they're not struggling. So that's, <laughs> they're happy with that. But if it's a deferral or um, a denial, it's important to remember that who you are stayed the same. Your identity did not change based on that letter. So think about who, who am I and what are the qualities that make me, um, me. I guess is the best way to say that. Um, knowing that acceptance is not a reflection necessarily just of you, as Mr. Conklin could speak to way better than I can. There's a lot of factors that go into whether a student gets accepted into a college beyond just what your application offers. Um, and I, I, the last thing I would say is just to make sure that they allow themselves the time to be sad or angry, or frustrated, or whatever the emotion is, it's important that we don't just stuff that down and say, oh, you know, I'm just gonna ignore that and move on, but take the time to feel it. Don't get stuck there. If you get stuck there, come see us, but don't get stuck there. Um, but it's important to feel that, feel that experience. So the early decision one decision came out recently in December and the ED2 decisions come out rather soon in mid-February. Mr. Conklin, can you talk about the ED1 and ED2 process and based on decisions, what students should do next? Sure. Uh, so it's uh, fair to say that the conditions of early decision one and early decision two are in, in many ways very much the same. Uh, when I counsel a student through the process of Deciding whether or not they'd like to apply through early decision, I often will say that three things need to be true. A student must have identified a clear top choice college or university. Uh, they must be an academically strong fit, uh, meaning they must meet the, the minimum academic threshold for admission. Uh, and thirdly, and, and for many of our families, most importantly, uh, it must be a financially viable option. So the, the, the student and their family must uh, do whatever is within their power to be sure that it's uh, likely to be an affordable option for them. Uh, early decision is a, a binding agreement. So if a student is admitted through early decision, they are expected to make their enrollment deposit by the college's uh, published enrollment deposit deadline uh, and to withdraw all of their remaining active uh, applications. So uh, if a student's accepted through early decision, that is the expectation with one very important caveat, which is to suggest that if the student has applied for financial aid, they need to wait uh, to receive and review their financial aid uh, offer from that college or university to ensure that it is an affordable option before withdrawing other applications. If the student is uh, denied or deferred, um, we're always encouraging our students to stay the course, right? We've spent a lot of time counseling students to develop a, a plan that is uh, strategic that's going to support their admission to a variety of colleges and universities. Ideally, all of our students are applying across the spectrum of selectivity. So um, it's always the experience of some students to, in response to disappointing news, to try to 
reinvent the process, right? And, and to question all of the decisions that they've made to that point, but um, to trust that they've been thoughtful, that we've been thoughtful in advising them, I think is really important. So um, yeah, each of those decisions sort of elicits a different kind of response and, and different types of follow-up. Um, ED2 is an option that exists uh, in some ways for students who aren't admitted to their top choice school through, through early decision one. It's not available at every college or university, uh, but it is something that some of our students will choose to take advantage of. And most of those deadlines are uh, consistent with or aligned with regular decision deadlines at the schools that offer it. And you mentioned before that one decision that could occur in the ED process is a deferral. What does it mean to be deferred and what advice would you offer the students to tackle this decision? Yeah, so um, as I suggested, a deferral really is a vote of confidence. Uh, it is indicative of the college's faith in the student's ability to, to do well, uh, to do well on their campus and to contribute meaningfully to their campus community. Um, I know that the, the lack of closure and uh, you know, the deferral itself can sometimes be uh, disappointing, right? But it's, um, it's important for students to, um, once they have the opportunity to sort of process emotionally to step back and, and understand what that means in the broader context. Um, really it's it's about the, the the college reviewing that application through regular decision in the context of the larger applicant pool uh, and for those students i think there's an opportunity to provide any relevant updates uh, that may have occurred since the time of submitting their initial application we always encourage students to be thoughtful and and tactful in the way that they communicate and in how often they communicate uh, some colleges will actually explicitly state that they do not uh, wish to receive any additional information, but because we're on a trimester system, some students are getting winter interim grades or uh, have significant developments in some of the coursework that they're pursuing. Um, and those, those updates can be relevant to, to provide to the college. I would also advise students to follow the college's instructions. Uh, some schools will advise students to uh, upload those updates to their admission portals uh, or perhaps to provide them by email. Um, so just to, to pay attention to, to the language the college is providing to them um, when those updates are, are made. I know that some students have received some great news in the past couple of weeks. However, Mr. Conkin, can you offer some practical advice for some of the students who received disappointing news? Yeah, uh, stay the course, right? Um, we've worked really hard. Uh, our students have worked really hard uh, to vet their options. Um, there's, there are so many wonderful colleges and universities that offer such a tremendous educational experience. Uh, and our, our hope is that uh, students have identified a range of options that they feel are compelling options uh, and that will provide for them all that they would hope to have provided through, through the four-year educational experience. So to trust that the plan that they've put in place is uh, a viable plan and will present them with multiple college options to choose from uh, and to trust that their counselor will uh, work with them and express concern if they if, if there's any any concern that the plan is not going to result in, in that option or that opportunity. So um, really it's 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 difficult at this time sometimes to stay the course in response to disappointing news, but uh, that's my number one piece of advice is trust the process um, and, and and trust that we're gonna help students to put their best foot forward. Great advice. Ms. Schaefer posts this news doesn't only correlate with students. Parents can inter internalize the disappointment of their child and also share the feelings of it for reasons of their own. 
How might you counsel parents who are also feeling this disappointment? I, I love that you're asking this question. I think it's really important. Um, and I first want to just validate that, yeah, as a parent, we work really, really hard with our children and we want to see them reach their goals. And when we set a goal and they don't reach it, it's hard not to feel disappointed too. Um, so again, just like I said, for the students, it's important that you acknowledge your feeling, but you need to house that feeling or within yourself and share it with your friends, with your uh, partner, um, with other adults, not with your student. Um, they're dealing with that disappointment and they need you to be encouraging in that moment. They need you to recognize, yeah, you worked really, really hard and you have every right to be disappointed. I'm bummed for you. Like, let's have some empathy in this moment, but this isn't about you. Um, this is about your child. This is about you being supportive to them. Know who your people are that you can turn to. Um, but it's really important that you're that you do the best you can to not um, project your disappointment onto your student. And I know when students receive disappointing news, they often turn to a friend. And what would be the best way to offer counsel to a friend who received disappointing news? Yeah, I think first, um, you know, rejection in any form is difficult. And so we want to be supportive just like you would if that person wanted to ask someone out on a date and they said no, right? Like you love them. You are like, do you want to, you know, go get dinner? Do you like, you want to yell and scream? What do you want to do that's going to make you feel better in this moment? Um, and then remind them of their awesomeness and as specific as you can right? That you can not just be like, you're an amazing person, but say you're amazing because of, and then fill in the blanks for them. Um, that makes it much more um, believable. And we can buy into that a lot more than just these generic statements. But the most important thing is just be there for them. This is such a pivotal moment for all seniors at Mercersburg and in the world. Mr. Conklin and Ms. Schaefer Post, are there any more comments or advice you would like to offer our families? Yeah, um, I have actually quite a few things I'd love to say, but I know we're, we're limited on time. Um, I think it's really important, as we've already touched on, uh, for students and, and parents to remember that admission decisions are not a reflection of the student's self-worth, um, and disappointing news is not at all an indictment of the student's uh, experience here at Mercersburg Academy. Um, decisions are made for many reasons, often reasons that aren't made transparent to um, applicants or their families um, and so you know for students to remind themselves that there are so many tremendous college options available to them we're really fortunate um, to to have the resources to be able to identify and and, and think through those options uh, with each of our students and so um, yeah as, as hard as it can be um, to remind ourselves that uh, you know those decisions again are not just not a reflection of our worth right um, yeah, I think that's that, that, that's probably the most important takeaway from my perspective at this at this point in the process. Yeah, and I would echo exactly what Mr. Conklin said. Right, we are a lot more than the name on the piece of paper that we hang in our office someday, and um, your ultimate impact, your ability to be a productive human being in our world, does not matter 
where you went to college, you can still do all the things that you intend to do. It Again, it goes back to like life isn't linear. And so sometimes mm-hmm. we take some side paths and that's okay. Yeah. Th- you know, there's a great text um, that I've recommended to a lot of our families uh, written by a, a, a columnist uh, named Frank Bruni. Uh, and, the, and the name of the book is Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be. And he actually does a tremendous job of profiling a lot of um, highly successful adults who have graduated from schools that may not benefit from the name recognition uh, of the schools that many of our students are considering at the beginning of this, this process. And uh, I think it's a, it's a great reminder that, um, you know, where you go is not who you'll be, right? Uh, that what happens through the next four years of your life is not a, a, a harbinger or, or a precursor to um, what happens beyond that point. Um, and I think it's important to bear that in mind and know that, um, you know, there's, again, uh, life happens one day at a time. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would recommend that text for anybody who might be at this point in the process and, and thinking through these um, these decisions. Well, thank you, Ms. Schaefer Post and Mr. Conklin. Each member of the Mercersburg community appreciates the work you do here. We are very grateful and lucky to have you here, and we're looking forward to hearing all the good news in the coming weeks and months and celebrating the beginning of our seniors' new chapter. Thank you.